12, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on the late medieval Dutch surrealist painter, Hermanus Bosch, whose remarkable works have not yet become the secret code behind a Dan Brown novel, and that's a hint, Brother Dan, but would certainly provide a great background for such a story. Now, his most famous work, The Garden of Earthly Delights, is a phantasmagoria of bizarre and nightmarish symbolism, which scholars relate to the Gnostic sect of the Adamites, a cult of mystic nudists who were trying to recreate the Garden of Eden on Earth. At that time, super-Catholic Spain had taken over the Netherlands, and in those days, the Spanish Inquisition was burning the Dutch Adamites as fast as Bosch could paint them. But the king of Spain was Bosch's biggest fan, which probably kept him alive. So, uh, if you, if possible, if you can, uh, if you can Google some of uh, Bosch's artwork uh, at the same time you're listening, uh, that will, that'll be. If you can do that, you're going to see some, uh, some beautiful, beautiful work because uh, the the computer uh, reproductions that I've been looking at are, are really, really, really good. Um, so anyway, let's get on into it. Um, now, I'm sitting here in my lap. I have a book that must be, this, this book must weigh at least uh, seven pounds. It's Bosch, and it's by Wilhelm Frager. Uh, that's F-R-A-E-N-G-E-R, and it's published by Putnam. And this is uh, it's it's this this one's been out for about thirty years, but this is supposed to be the most authoritative uh, book on Bosch. And and uh, Wilhelm Frager uh, has uh, probably the best analysis of Bosch and what he was doing. Now, uh, according to Wikipedia. Hermanus Bosch was born Jeremanus or Joan, respectively, um, Van Aken. That's A K E N, Van Aken. Uh, oh, my Aken Bacon. And he signed a number of his paintings as Jeremanus Bosch. Um, and um, he was born. He was born uh, around 1450. Now. Um, he was born in 1450 in, in, in the Netherlands, when the Spanish um, ruled most of Holland, uh, at least the southern areas, uh, from, from about 1433. And uh, so Bosch was, was born about 1450 and was buried uh, in 1516. So uh, he was... Uh, he, he was flourishing and painting uh, while the Spanish uh, ruled the Netherlands. And, of course, uh, wherever the Spanish ruled, they were, as I said in the abstract, they were super Catholics. And, uh, and the Spanish Inquisition, of course, 
uh, was was there. And uh, and by the way, for those of you who don't uh, don't remember, the Spanish Inquisition was actually was not run by the Jesuits, as some people think. Uh, it was run by the Dominicans, and uh, the Dominicans, and they called themselves the Hounds of God. Um, and they uh, they. Uh, um, you know, mostly dressed in white robes, at least they do now, but, but I don't know what they did then. Uh, we're, we're usually familiar with Monty Python, where they wear aviators' helmets and, and silly-looking costumes, you know. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. But uh, actually, uh, at the time when they were in Holland, uh, Europe had a lot of a lot of heretical, uh, holdover Gnostic kind of sects uh, that were uh, that were uh, very very heretical. You know, this was fourteen in the fourteen uh, from the fourteen thirties through through uh, to the uh, to the Reformation. Uh, Europe was was all Catholic, and and uh, and uh, the. Um, and this is when the witchcraft uh, uh, trials got started, got going, and uh, some of these uh, some of these so-called witches were actually uh, members of heretical sects, and there were some very very strange uh, heretical uh, Gnostic type sects that were operating at that time, and one of them um, one of them was called the Adamites. And the Adamites were the ones that that Bosch primarily, at least according to uh, to um, uh, Wilhelm Frager, that the Adamites were the were Bosch's primary subjects and models and and uh, and his uh, his main uh, uh, subject matter, especially for the Garden of Earthly Delights. And the Adamites, uh, their their belief was that. Um, that if they could recreate the Garden of Eden before the fall, before Eve ate the apple and ran into the snake and ate the apple, that they could all return to innocence. And now you can see this in the Garden of Earthly Delights, and, and uh, I don't know how many of you are looking at it right now, but but uh, if you're looking at it, 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 it um, in the middle, in the middle, you see all of the little atomites. Um, Oh, you know, running around in in the all together in the nude and what have you, and uh, and they're being very affectionate, but they're not in flagrante delecto. You don't see any atomites actually doing anything sexual. This is not like uh, like that that Walt Disney. You remember the the, the the cartoon that got just got sneaked out of Walt Disney, where all of the Disney characters were were up to no good. Well, this isn't that way. That. These all of these little nude nude figures uh, are are being affectionate, but they're not being but they're not being naughty. And uh, and the Adamites, uh, according to their one aspect of their philosophy, was that if they if they returned to the innocence, um, returned to childlike innocence before Eve ran into the snake and the and ate the apple, that they could recover uh, their their uh, you know, their sanctity and their you know, they'd be in touch with God and, and they'd be innocent. So they were supposedly, according to that theory, the Adamites were um were supposed to be uh 
pretty much celibate, and yet, uh, and so whatever they're, they're, whenever they rubbed up against each other, it was strictly platonic. Well, that's one theory. The other theory, of course, the, the theory that the church had was that they were having orgies and what have you. They were also, in a way, kind of connected uh, to some degree with a with another sect, which was an, an early version of Satanism called the Luciferians. And the Luciferians, they also had a kind of a curious belief. They believed that that if they could get underground, if they get down underground, and, and they, they they met in caverns, and if they could, if they could get down underground, that they that that God couldn't see them, and they could do anything they wanted, and so they uh, they did that, and and uh, um, and they would have group groups underground and blow off the candles and everybody would grab whoever was nearby or whatever. So that was the Luciferians and supposedly the Adamites, um, according to their critics anyway, did the same sort of thing. Um, but actually, not according to the way Bosch, Bosch painted them. The way he painted them, they were they were certainly innocent. Now, look at the Garden of Earthly Delights, those of you who can look at it. You notice over on the left-hand side, uh, you have Jesus and Adam standing between Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Now, uh, then in the middle, you have all the Adamites uh, all dancing around, having a grand time um, in the open, and they have uh, a big pool. They have uh, uh, all sorts of, of strange uh, um, combinations of... of of uh, plants and animals and 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 people, in a in a very surrealistic uh, mode, which uh, which had a lot of influence from later surrealistic painters like Salvador Dali and 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 others, um, but in this uh, in the center, it, this is uh, was thought to be the paradise of the Adamites. Now, over there on the right, we have a nightmarish uh, panel on, on the right-hand side with all these horrible uh, visions of, of apocalyptic, apocalyptic destruction and torture and everything, and all this, this awful stuff over on the right. Now, uh, before uh, Fager, uh, before uh, um, uh, Prager got to analyzing this, the general thought was that that the one on the left was Jesus and Adam and Eve represented creation. The one in the middle represented the paradise of the Adamites, and the one on the right represented hell. And that was the original theory. But uh, Wilhelm Breger, uh he disputes that. He says that the one on the left was Jesus and Adam and Eve. Uh, yeah, that does represent creation. But and the one in the middle is the paradise of the Adamites, but the one on the right, the nightmarish one on the right, that that panel represents the world as it is. That was his theory, because of course in those days, as we all know, life was nasty, brutish, and short. Well, anyway, um, uh, this 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 cryptic, and uh, I have a. I have a reproduction of it, which I mounted. It would hinge, hinged very much like the old triptych, and I got it sitting up on top of my uh, entertainment center. Um, 
in, we're right in front of it, I have the intergravitron, which, you know, is our old interdimensional uh, um, access machine. This this would be, uh, and, and I've thought about this numerous times, uh, that, that this triptych would be a, a terrific uh, inducement to... Uh, to an astral projection, if you could use this thing as a window to project into this strange, this strange world, and this is one of the uh, reasons why I said in the abstract that that uh, uh, this that this this uh, Bosch's work would would make an excellent subject for uh, for a, a Dan Brown type uh, type novel. I would personally uh, make it some sort of a of a a doorway to project into this strange uh, dimension, strange environment. And uh, at one time, uh, Zandria and I kicked around the idea of uh, doing a comic book based on on scenes from uh, Earthly Delights and some other Bosch work. And what, what we thought we might do with this is to take these different tableaus and scenes of these strange creatures and and all, and put balloons, have comic comic strip type balloons, and, uh, and then in those balloons for text, we would use James Joyce's uh, lines from Finnegan's Wake, which is you know is a is a a kind of a kind of a gibberish novel. It's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to be world class literature gibberish, but it's still gibberish. Um, and that this would that this would be quite a thing where we could take these tableaus from from earthly delights and use uh, so it's it's artwork it's a, it's a it's a comic book as artwork by Herodotus Bosch and written by by James Joyce and that would be that would really be a mind bender and uh, we thought then we could perhaps get it translated into Arabic and they could use it to 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 uh, torment Al Qaeda prisoners in, in in Guantanamo, that would be that would be interesting. But uh, anyway, uh, but we never we never got too far with that project. I think um, the the thing though that that, it, that we really want to talk about here with uh, with Bosch is that Bosch was not only was he presenting the, the Adamite uh, uh, view and philosophy and and in favor of the Adamites, obviously. But he was also a satirist. He was a satirist, like like a political cartoonist today. And he was a wonderful draftsman, and he and, and, he's, and produced uh, terrific character studies. And but he was but he was a satirist, and he also he satirized the church. And you know you you'll go you'll find nuns dressed. You'll find. Pig-like uh, uh, creatures dressed in nuns' habits and all kinds of, um, uh, you know, um, very very uh, satirical pieces, uh, artwork on on uh, satirizing and and uh, and, and uh, lampooning the church, and uh, and and the church apparently enjoyed that. Now now here's the thing, Bosch. Was painting these heretics and 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 uh, and detailing their um, their visions, and at the same time, the Spanish Inquisition was arresting these people and burning them at the stake, and this this was going on all over the place. Meanwhile, however, uh, the King of Spain 
Philip II, the king of Spain at that time, was Boucher's biggest biggest fan, and he had his agents going around uh, confiscating, buying and confiscating every bit of Bausch's work because the King of Spain, even though he was, you know, supposed to be his most Catholic majesty and he was, uh, not only wasn't, he wasn't uh, subsidizing the Inquisition, the church, they they were stealing enough to subsidize themselves. They, you know, though he was giving them, of course, a license to steal. So, so uh, um, but he, the king, uh just just really had a secret had a secret love of Bausch's Bausch's uh well rather erotic and rather shocking and rather and satirical and and well you you know you can't call it pornography uh because as i say none of his little atomites were ever doing anything really wrong but uh but it certainly they were all naked and they were all uh, you know, uh, obviously enjoying themselves, and and there was a lot of other shocking stuff going on, and so uh, in the in the, in the sense of Philip the King, yes, it, you could call it pornography. He uh, he, uh, you know, in his case, in his case, it certainly was, but he had he even had one of these nightmarish poses in his bedroom, and he, he, he spent hours and hours meditating on it. Now, whether he was doing this out of guilt for launching the Inquisition on uh, on Holland, uh, and, um, um, you know, I, I keep thinking, you know, remember the wooden shoes that the, that the, best, the best people wore? God, I wonder what the Inquisition did with that, put spikes in them. Did you see the Inquisition driving nails through through Dutch wooden shoes? <laughs> oh, God. Or... or uh, or you know, stuffing people's fingers in the dike or whatever you know. Anyway, um, the um, the Inquisition had uh, 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 a field day going after these Adamites and of course Luciferians and and these various uh, heretics. Uh, and Bosch had involved meanwhile while Bosch was painting them, and the king was collecting all these as many of these paintings as he could. And and uh, and who knows what he was secretly doing with them, except that that obviously he he was fascinated by them, and uh, and this this was one of these things that uh, you know that that you can uh, you can see a, a, an analogy today. People who you know the, you know, the censors, uh, the old. Uh, the old joke about the about the censors, they just watched a watched a movie and then they say, Let's watch it again before we ban it. Yeah. But anyway, um um Bosch's uh Bosch's work is phenomenal and it is very, very magical, very mystical. There's a lot of hermetic symbolism in it, according to according to Wilhelm Painter. And uh and you know, you you, you look at all these different tableaus and and, and the um the things that these people are doing, and and uh, and the, the strange combinations of of beasts and 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 uh, and human beings, and and uh, you get it. It really is uh, highly imaginative, and and uh, uh, very thought provoking. So I think that in in many ways, uh, Bosch's uh, Bosch's artwork. Should really be be uh, be studied um, in in uh, in, uh, in a sense 
that uh, you know of, of hermetic symbolism and uh, alchemical symbolism, and there certainly is a lot in it, and you can spend a lot of time studying it. Um, now, uh, I still think, though, however, that, that the the uh, main thing that I would uh, find so fascinating about this is. It is, are we looking at some sort of another dimension here? And is it, could we possibly, uh, should we possibly project into this, uh, use it as a, use it perhaps as a path working, uh, and uh, um, could we possibly uh, somehow or other project ourselves into this strange, this strange, bizarre world of his? Uh, and, uh, also, too, um, Bausch was uh, was uh, into a couple of things here. One, I want to mention that there's a there's one of the details where he was into what we were what we call diversity. He had he had a he had a couple of uh, he came a couple of uh, uh, very attractive uh, black girls in in mixed in with the white uh, mixed in with the white uh, uh, folks that predominate and. Uh, and also, there's one of the things that really fascinates me is if you go to the uh, the triptych uh, and you get over to the side where Jesus um, where Jesus is uh, standing between Adam and Eve, and if you look if you look down, those of you who can find this um, this particular thing where you're looking, if if you got the triptych uh, on here. Um, I'm trying to find it in in uh in Wilhelm's book here and I and I'm gonna have to just uh I'm gonna have to go to this smaller reproduction here that I have in the thing from Wikipedia. Okay, now if you find uh Jesus standing between uh, Adam and Eve and you wanna look uh down uh right below them there's a pool. And one of the weird things about this this is you have here a presage of Darwin's evolution. You have these creatures, uh, aquatic creatures, crawling up out of this pool and and evolving into into uh, from the amphibian phase on into uh, <coughs> into walking into walking animals. And this. This can't be anything else but a representation of, of evolution, and and yet here we are. And this is this is in you know in the in the fourteen uh, in the fourteen sixties uh, and seventies, and and uh, you can find all sorts of uh, this kind of, uh, of of symbolism, both uh, Darwinian and Freudian, and uh, and, and all, all through these uh, uh, this artwork. So this is, uh, in many many ways, um, this this is really um, uh, a uh, something that's worthy of a great deal of study and and meditation and a great deal of um, a great deal of of, of uh, hermetic contemplation and. Uh, I think the alchemical symbolism is really marvelous. Now, if you're looking over here, I've got one that I'm looking at one where there's a man and a woman inside of a transparent egg, 
in transparent, transparent sphere. And it's that transparent sphere is sitting on top of a of a round red uh, sort of a, uh, a gourd uh, with a man inside it looking out through a through a clear a clear glass tube. And uh, you have um, then we have uh, we have uh, a man leaning over uh, a couple of other guys, and he has a he has what looks like a strawberry with a tail on it, and the tail uh, has, has what looks like a what looks like a spike on it. And uh, and then uh, we have this, the guy looking out of the tube. Out of the tube has a rat. There's a rat in the tube crawling toward him. Um, then you know. Then then there's this fellow with an oyster on his back, and there's somebody and with a guy inside the oyster. And he's carrying the oyster on his back. Uh, we have over in the in the center of the uh, uh, the Garden of Delights, up there toward the pool in the center, we have a whole bunch of, 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 of uh, nude nude fellows riding on horses, and and on on pigs and on oxen, and they're they're riding all these different kind of animals, and uh, then. And you know this 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 kind of this kind of symbolism goes on and on and on and on and on, and uh, you know you kind of wonder, and I I, I you kind of wonder if if we couldn't uh, if you studied this all of this enough, and then you could somehow project yourself into this strange environment, wouldn't that be fascinating? Well, I think maybe maybe in a way. Or there might be some sort of a magical operation where where you could do that, or maybe perhaps that's what what was originally intended with this. And if it was, it would be a it would be quite an adventure to be able to to actually put yourself into this environment. I think that Ramanus Bosch is is really uh, a fascinating subject in, in the, from the hermetic point of view because there is so much magical symbolism. And uh, and, uh, and mythical symbolism, magical symbolism, and alchemical symbolism involved in this artwork, and um, and it, it, so therefore the study of it uh, is is really uh, is really uh, worthwhile. And you know, and when thinking too about what he's the way he is surrealistically representing. The horrors and and the persecutions of his own of his own time, and uh, and the strange situation with the king of Spain, who on the one hand supporting uh, the destruction of these very same people that Bausch was was uh, expo- that Bausch was uh, presenting, uh, is a fascinating paradox. So, in uh, in many many ways, I, I think that the the that Bausch's work, especially the Garden of Earthly Delights, is a wonderful subject, and uh, and uh, this is a wonderful subject, and and I encourage everybody to uh, you know to take a good look at, at this artwork and and look at it from a hermetic point of view, and. Uh, this is going to be kind of short tonight because uh, really I don't have any much more that I can talk about. 
and and I could talk a lot a lot more if 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 I if we had uh, the graphics up. But now some of you are able to do to look at that, and I could talk about that a lot more next week. Hopefully, I have a couple of books uh, ordered uh, coming. Uh, that uh, hopefully I'll be here before next week, and uh, and I'll and I'll let review those. A couple of magic books. So next week I'll see you, and, and we will uh, and we'll get into a couple of old grimoires and them and republished. And until then, good magic.